Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, our weekly visits to the Crawford Art Gallery without actually being there has turned into an unintended lockdown diary where each work of the week has taken us on a virtual journey to places that we can only dream of but can't get to. From Spain, Italy and France to Brittany, Finland and even back here to Connemara looking at some friendly donkeys. Anyway, I finally got my wish to see the sea. Right here at Garrettstown and although it has nothing to do with this week's work of the week it feels like our virtual trips abroad have kept the dream alive this week in the company of assistant curator Michael Waldron we're exploring art of a more abstract nature by Irish artist Mainy Jellet Michael, I was thinking, oh, finally, modern art. The irony of it is the woman who painted it was born in the 1800s. So how do you explain that? I think the artist for this week really was born at an extraordinary time of change. Yeah. Just on the cusp of the 20th century, she was born in 1897 in Dublin and grew up as the world was transforming rapidly. And she was hitting adulthood at a very, very exciting time in visual art. Yeah, because what I'm looking at now, I would consider this to be the biggest challenge we have yet in terms of describing what we're looking at, (laughs) because it's part of a movement. You can give us the name of the art movement. So the movement itself would be called Cubism. Mm -hmm. And I suppose when people hear that word, they probably instantly kind of can call up some sort of picture in their mind. And it might be by someone like Pablo Picasso or or something like that. It was Picasso who actually started the whole idea as well, wasn't it? Yes. So Picasso and Georges Braque and a Mm. few others started to experiment in that first decade of the 20th century. They were breaking down the world, if you will, breaking down the usual order of things and really becoming very experimental with their art. Well, this week's composition is called Abstract Composition and was drawn around 1935. And when you look at it, there's an awful lot of geometrical shapes coming into play because in Cubism, from what I gather of it, what Picasso and Co. did was... They were a bit tired of the two-dimensional character of painting, you know, on a flat surface. They wanted to get some sort of theoretical three-dimensional way of looking at things, literally by taking it apart and putting it back together into lumps or cubes. That's where the original idea for cubism came from. That's how it was christened by by a certain critic. That's precisely it. If you think about painting kind of in a traditional way, you're really only seeing one viewpoint And with cubism, the idea was, let's say, for argument's sake, 
you take an object in front of you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be cube. It could be any shape, really. Yeah. But let's say a teapot or maybe a normal still life of something. Yeah. And instead of just seeing the one view, you'd keep changing your viewpoint or you would keep moving the object so that you kind of see all sides to it. As if, let's say, if it were a cube, at any one point, you can only see three sides of a cube. Yeah. But we know there are more. So it was kind of observation, investigation, dismantling, and then rebuilding. It was a very disciplined process for an artist to undertake. And that is the style that our artist for this week, Mani Jellish, has taken on board. A very experimental, exciting, new way of seeing. Now, she herself was quite a, a multidisciplined artist. In fact, anyone reading this week's blog on the work of the week will discover that you're kind of paying tribute to everybody who entertained us during the lockdown. All the artists, all the various writers, actors, musicians and so forth who uh, helped us pass the time. She herself was multidisciplined in that way. She was one of those artists, so to speak. She really was. And I think some people might whisper the word genius yeah. <laughs> around her. What's really interesting about Mani Jellis is, yes, she came from a privileged background growing up in Fitzwilliam Square in Dublin. Her sister was a musician and they were both very musical. They were also taught in visual art, so painting and drawing, very early on in their lives. So maybe by the age of six or seven, she was getting art classes from Elizabeth Yates, wow. who was the sister of, of William, the poet. Mm. That whole world of creativity was around her. She designed carpets. She designed stage sets for the Gaiety Theatre. She did advertisements for Windsor and Newton watercolour paints. She did a lot. Her very dear friend, writer Elizabeth Bowen, said that for Mamie Jellet, all the arts converged. So even in a painting, there was music. Yeah, well, that kind of brings us to a natural bridge that we have to cross because it's almost like we've been avoiding the subject to actually try and describe her abstract composition that I can see and you can see, but those listening can't see quite yet until they get into the gallery. We'll talk about that in a minute as well. Looking at it, what I see is something that has been taken apart and put back together again under severe discipline, but also bearing in mind that art has to be pleasing in some way or other to the eye. That's very true. And I think with this, it's a challenge and it's a deliberate challenge. And I think her career, part of that was persuading people by degrees to her way of thinking. But the painting itself from the mid-1930s hmm. is about a metre tall, so it's rectangular. Yeah. And what we have is a number of shapes scattered across the canvas in a very particular order. And these shapes are in blocks of colour. Yeah. There's a lot of use of the circle or half circles. We begin with the base of the painting. That seems to be almost like an eye or a fulcrum, almost as if you can imagine the heart of a clock yeah. and all of pans coming off this one spot. So everything could nearly revolve from that little spot there, left and right. Absolutely. And then you have these shapes in colour that are kind of complementary to each other and they start to fan out from yeah. this cluster at the base of the painting. 
I was going to use the word grow almost, almost organic. It's growing from the, the bottom up and fanning out across the picture. Very much so. I suppose the colours she's using are different shades of blues, from almost like a baby or powder blue, right up to kind of a navy. And um, there are sort of pinks, but not very hot pinks. They're kind of subdued pinks. And then you go into some sort of brighter colours as well. So there are flashes of orange, red, yellow, ochre, and then mauves and more subdued tones. You call it the background. Because even though this seems quite flat, the different groupings of colour or the modulations of colour give us a sense of depth and of different dimensions. Yeah, it does actually look like it's layering itself towards the centre. Like you, you, You can almost get the feeling that each part of the composition is layered upon each other part. Not alone is it growing up from the bottom, but it's also growing out from the centre as well, towards the eye. Another thing that caught my eye is, as you said earlier, there's a lot of circles and things like that. And that kind of reminds me of halos, like in old religious art, where all the saints had little halos, like what you'd see in the church. Does that give us a clue as to what kind of a composition it is? I think I think you're kind of on the money there, because... Even though this maybe doesn't represent anything and our title, Abstract Composition, doesn't give anything away, she often did name her paintings with something that would identify. Yeah. So she would do horse paintings and she would call it Ackle Horses. Mm. But also in something like this, she might give it a religious context. And I suppose for this, we do have to acknowledge she had a very deep Christian faith as mm. well there is a sense that this could be a modern stained glass window, the way it's built up in different pieces. So I would think looking at it, you could probably start to see figures. You do. And some people see a Madonna and child. Other people see maybe Holy Trinity or saints. Yeah. If you look at a very traditional religious painting, let's say, and you were to distill it down into its basic components of shape and colour, That's what she's achieved in this painting. Well, there you go. (laughs) We've covered an awful lot of ground there. (laughs) My suggestion would be anyone who's intrigued by this, they have an opportunity now to go along and see it in person because you have news for us. Yes. So we are reopening our doors at 10 a.m. Monday, the 29th of June, after a long three months away. And we're really, really excited to share our exhibitions and the collection again. There'll be some changes to the visitor experience, but it's all for everyone's comfort and safety. And you'll be able to see this particular painting on our top floor in the Harry Clark room. In there with the Harry Clark stained glass, you also have Mamie Jellop's abstract composition. And you know, it'll be more than just a slightly religious experience. It'll be an experience all of its own that I'm looking forward to because having spoken about art, compositions, oil on canvas, watercolours, sketchings, great Greco-Roman pieces downstairs and other, as we call them, 3D forms of art, including this modern 3D art on a 2D surface, I have now had my appetite whetted. I am looking forward to the day that I meet you in the gallery. Maybe take it to the next stage where we can actually see what we're talking about. As they say, in the flesh. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I can't wait. And I think everyone in the gallery are really excited to welcome people back. We know that it's a well-loved place and it's much missed. 
so right in the beating heart of Cork you'll find us you know I'll be there because I'll be ringing the doorbell alright <laughs> <laughs> until we meet Michael thanks again thanks Connor oh the sun is just absolutely lovely and I love the sound of the sea anyway that's abstract composition by Mani Gillett this week's work of the week And from 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, the Crawford Art Gallery opens its doors. So you can see this week's Work of the Week in person. After 15 weeks, the Crawford is eagerly awaiting the pitter-patter of visiting feet to this oasis of calm in the city centre. Now we're staying with the Crawford Art Gallery this week because two exhibitions are opening up on the 1st of July. One with the playful title of Lucid Abnormalities. It brings a stellar cast of artists together, the likes of John Lavery, Daniel McLeese, rubbing shoulders with Edith Somerville, Sean Keating and Jack B. Yates, with mixed media by Dorothy Cross and a more modern eye from Alice Marr. So get to know these names and more and trump the new normal with more lucid abnormalities running until March 2021 at the Crawford Art Gallery. And the other exhibition opening this week on the 1st of July takes its name from Cork's motto as a safe harbour for ships, or Statio Bene in short. The maritime history of Cork is told through stories of smuggling, fortification, empire building, prosperity and trade and emigration. Even the Titanic's maiden voyage has been captured in this captivating exhibition. Both exhibitions are curated by Dr. Michael Waldron. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.